What moms need isn't more advice, it's perspective. You're listening to... Well, certainly motherhood! Hello there, this is Kezia Nielsen, and this is Most Certainly Motherhood, Episode 7. Today I'm here with my dear husband, Aaron. Hello. We are sitting in our very cold and drafty sunroom, which is the quiet, quietest place in the house currently. I have my honey and lemon, and he has his brandy, which I am not allowed to have because... Wait, are you pregnant? Yes, I forgot to tell you. And I'm no, I you. knew this. Yes, so we found out earlier Monday. this... Yeah, Monday. Monday, it's so about a week ago. And it was kind of a, oh, I had really weird dreams last night, and my arms kept falling asleep in the car. Maybe I'm pregnant. And I was right. Sure enough. Yeah, we totally weren't expecting it. I mean, we were not expecting That's true. It. That's just kind of our but, philosophy. <laughs> so we were very, very excited, and we pretty much told people right away, because that's our way of doing things. Do we want to tell them how we told my family? Yeah. So uh, we had a, a Google document that has all of our Christmas lists on it. And for our youngest son, we added an I'm a Big Brother t-shirt. And we just said, hey, we added a thing to Lewis's Christmas list. It's something he really, really needs. And that's all we told them. And waited a few minutes. And your your younger sister found it first. And she Which went crazy. She's, she's super excited. She's always really yeah. excited. So yeah, everybody was pretty excited. And we also Skyped my mom and then sent a picture to my brothers of the pregnancy test. And they didn't know what that was, but <laughs> I just said, here, <laughs> I'm such a mean sister. You're the worst. So yes, we're pregnant and we're not exactly sure how far along, but we're pretty early. So yeah, everybody pray early. that it all goes well. So today I'm here with my husband. Can you tell us about yourself a little bit? I'm her husband. I've been that way for about five and a half years now. I think we're going to celebrate six next summer. Yeah. And I absolutely love Kezia. Oh. So you have a fantastic host. <laughs> Don't I'm blushing. That's the point. <laughs> I work for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in my day job. I also run Lutheran B&B, &B, which is an ad that I've forced my wife to run on the show from time to time. I'm going to have you run it yourself. Later. This episode, I get to yes. do it? Yeah. Well, very cool. What do you do with me, I see? I am the Administrative Assistant for Disaster Response. Uh, the International Center is what IC stands for, and it's the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's headquarters. And I'm the Administrative Assistant for LCMS Disaster Response. So I keep all of the fires burning when my bosses go out and put them out. They go and respond with the helping hands of the gospel to all sorts of disasters, fires, shootings, hurricanes, which we've had a lot of this year, earthquakes. Great. You work so that I can stay home, which is wonderful. That's, that's the goal. And as you all know, we have three children, four and a half to one. Mm -hmm. And, well, okay. And then the new one now. And the new one. So. So three children outside and the uterus. Aaron is determined that this baby is going to be named Bjorn. Yep. And which I'm means not so sure. bear. <laughs> Additionally, we could go with Torbjorn, which means God's bear, which I think is just a wonderful Christian man's name. I'm not convinced of this yet. But send her your emails of convincing because it's an amazing name. Uh, it just doesn't really go with our other names. Clarence, Anders, Lewis, and Bjorn. Anders, Bjorn. Doesn't sound good. All right, we will fight about this later. We have eight months at least. At least, yeah. So um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was what are some ways that wives can involve dads in pregnancy? Because 
it's so much just about the mom and the baby. You know, she gets all the attention. She goes to a shower and they give her gifts. Mm -hmm. Like, the dad doesn't usually go to that. Right. I know I never do. People see her and they know what's going on in her life. They Mm -hmm. see a man, they don't know he's about to be a dad. He's just putting on sympathy weight. Yeah, he's just... (laughs) Yeah. So, what are some ways that we tried to involve you in that? I don't know if we really did it on purpose, but were there any ways that we made sure you are part of the team? Yeah. Well, this one was really, really simple. We always do devotions. And while we were pregnant, especially with Clarence, I think we did this a little bit with Anders, and we kind of slacked on Lewis. We kept doing the devotions. But I would do the devotions, like, at her belly. Hmm. And this was a really silly thing, but it, it made me realize right from the beginning that I was this child's father. And it was my duty to be this child's father. And that really helped me feel involved. I don't know if that works for everybody. I read a book when we were p- pregnant with Clarence. Our first. Our, yeah, our oldest. I forget what the title of the book is. It was, it was a, like a pregnancy book that was written for the husband's. And he was talking about how you should do this sort of thing, where you should really involve yourself and really start trying to get to know that child before the child is born. And he suggested, like, taking a taking a dry erase marker and, like, drawing football plays and explaining <laughs> football plays to your child, which I'm not as into football now, you but I appreciated have, you that. You should have written the catechism on me or something. Then he would know it. Right. He would have it memorized by now <laughs> if I had done that. I'm a failure. Yeah. We also did belly time, which was our favorite. And then when I would lo- rub lotion lotioning, on. yeah, lotioning yeah. the belly, which is an important thing, just because it's nice. <laughs> and we're told that that can help to reduce the effect of stretch marks. It didn't help for me. No, not really. That's alright. You mean your tiger marks? Right. <laughs> you also you read and read and read our first baby you read what to expect when you're expecting yep. from cover to cover people. and the mayo clinic does pregnancy that? guide so i am well versed i'm like a pregnancy expert yeah right you are i i don't remember anything and i just ask him or i google it usually i ask him because he knows more than google <laughs> this was, well this was something that we did and it was really fun for me too in the what to expect when you're expecting they have it all broken down into what you can expect this week And so we would sort of read it devotionally. Like Sunday night, uh, we would be like, all right, cool. It's a new week. It's now week eight. It's now week 12. Let's read what's happening to our baby right now. And and in there, it it breaks down like how you can help your wife and what your wife is feeling. It even talks about emotions that are going on, which was really helpful. Yeah. And how big the baby was. and, And it gave you an image of, you know, now their heart's beating. Now their ears are growing. Now they can see things, you know. Maybe that's not right. For every dad, yeah. but it certainly was for me. It really helped me feel involved because I knew exactly what was going on with you. I knew how to take care of you, and it was really us experiencing that together, rather than you just telling me, "Oh, hey, guess what? Now he's the size of a cantaloupe." Oh, great, honey. Yeah. This episode is supposed to be mostly focused on the third trimester, since we already did the first and second trimester with Amanda. And oh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you all. Amanda had her baby. Eight weeks ago. A long time ago. And I still haven't gotten to hold him. Yeah. I'm a little mad about that. Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking, but no. There have been reasons. You guys are sick. Don't come near us. Yeah. Um, There's been some sicknesses. So, yeah, she's doing great. Honestly, I think Amanda is slipping into motherhood quite well. She probably would be too modest to say that, but she's doing so much better than I was with my first baby. Definitely a pro. And that baby's pretty darn cute. So... 
she's not here today. She's, I don't know how long she'll be out, but she's doing her job. Yeah, so we were focusing on the third trimester today, mostly, and what are some things you noticed that were different about the third trimester as opposed to the first and second? Yeah. In the first trimester, Cass was feeling pretty good most of the time. There was a little bit of morning sickness. I guess with Lewis, you didn't really have any, but so there was that. The second trimester, you felt great. Yeah. You're pretty mobile then. You've got your, you got your energy. You're starting to do nesting, which, which gives you a little bit more energy. Honestly, even though I still have that exhaustion with pregnancy, I think that my pregnancies so far have been quite easy compared to a lot of women. I make no comment. I, her pregnancies, I'm sure, were very, very hard. What she does is, like, impossible, <laughs> and she's a superwoman, so... Well, no, that's a given. Yeah. Yes, I'm a superwoman. <laughs> yes, it's very hard, but... And it's not because, like, I'm so good at it. It's because I guess I was blessed with good genes or something. But, I mean, I always feel, like, happy about myself. I feel yeah. worthy, which is kind of silly, but... It is I silly. Feel... You should always feel worthy. Well, yes. But then I, I feel, like beautiful. I feel like I don't have to suck in my gut anymore, which is... I know. I noticed that. You feel way more confident when you're I pregnant. I yes. It's kind of like a light switch. But then, okay, first and second trimester, we covered that. Switching into the third trimester, she's starting to get a little bit more tired because now she's carrying a bowling ball. Mm -hmm. And you've always had this issue. I don't know if this is true for every mom, but you get that relaxin going, which is the hormone that your body produces to loosen up the joints and prepare you for delivering a bowling ball out of your uterus. <laughs> and that really caused you a lot of pain because yeah, your joints true. would start clicking and they'd be out of place. That's it, Well, during Clarence, we didn't do that. But with Anders' pregnancy, we started taking you to a chiropractor. Which has been awesome. Which I, you've pretty much done every every couple of weeks since then. Yeah, that really helps. It's amazing what he can do to help with the tightness and stuff on your, on your belly. Yeah. If you're, stuff. so if you are pregnant and you're feeling those sorts of things and you're looking for a chiropractor, you want to look for one that has studied the Bradley method. No, no, no. Bradley is the, Oh, that's birth. Yeah. What's the, there's, there's a special, like is I was it... trained to do pregnant people. Webster. Webster. That's right. I'm fairly certain it's Webster, Webster certified. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So you, you don't want just any chiropractor and they probably won't take you if they haven't been certified. Right. So, so. Actually, we should probably put, there's a database where you can find Webster certified yeah. doctors. We'll put those in the show notes. Yeah. So we, I really appreciate that. And you've really helped make that a priority to go to the chiropractor. During the third trimester, a lot of times the house starts to get, huh, yeah, it just happens organically. The, it the does. house just kind of starts sprouting messes everywhere. This is especially true if you already have some kids. Yes. So don't feel bad, moms. <laughs> I know we're supposed to just give perspective. This is advice. Don't feel bad. Your house is going to be a mess and that's okay. Right. But that's a time when you usually you end up stepping it up a lot more. And I start feeling a lot more guilty. Yeah. We had so many fights yeah, about we did. that. Where I would like do the dishes while you were napping or something like that. And then you'd get up and be angry with me for doing the dishes. Yeah, and see, it wasn't being angry at you. It was mostly being angry at me. <laughs> because it's hard because that's my job. And if you're doing my job better than I would, then I feel like I'm, you know, what what good am I then? Right. I completely understand why you would feel that way. I mean, it's how I feel at work. When someone offers to help me, I feel like they're repudiating what I just, what I'm capable of. Which like is silly. Saying, I mean, we should all help each other. Right. 
And everybody has different strengths and different times in their life when they need help. I think new moms, especially these days in this world where we're really trained to be independent, and I think women are especially given that you need to be independent mantra these days, I think it really is tough to accept help. And I see so many moms that could use some help and you don't really know how to offer it without offending them. Yeah, and or... they, they don't know how to ask at all. Because right. if you ask, it's ad- it's just admitting that you aren't enough. But that's okay. Because right. we're never enough. That's kind of why you do this podcast, right? Because yeah. you were saying, we always hear about these groups of moms and in our community and at our church and that sort of thing that really come together and, and help each other. But a lot of moms are feel like they're swimming alone out there. And you wanted to give them one where... It's not like they were going to a class to learn this is how you're supposed to be a mom because every mom does a different thing and has different needs. But just to know that other moms are out there that are struggling and going through the same things and that other moms have survived the same right. things that you're going yeah. through. And So if you're out there and you're listening and you feel like you don't have anybody to go through this with you or you don't have anyone with experience, why don't you join our page and and we'll try to make a community and get to know each other and maybe ha- eventually we'll get to a point where people can meet up and and you can make those friends that you really, really yearn for mm-hmm. and need. Back to husbands. Mm-hmm. Your husband helps you around the house and you feel awful about it or you need help and he doesn't offer because in the past you've been able to take care of it. What should wives do, Aaron? They should just keep doing what they're doing. Growing a baby is a Herculean task. It's an amazing thing. And if you have anger, let your anger out. It's not good to bottle up emotions like that. And really, the advice... and I know I'm not supposed to talk to husbands here, but husbands, you're just going to have to take it. (laughs) Just, she will be angry with you. And just know that that's coming. And do it anyway. Because she does need your help, then whether or not she knows how to ask for it. Well, and it's... It's an opportunity over and over for you to forgive me like Christ forgives, which yep. is your your vocation yep. as husband. And not that I should be abusing you. No. But you don't abuse me. But that taking, is a grand exaggeration. But taking my misplaced emotions yeah. um, and forgiving those even though they're not fair. <laughs> and of course in that as you forgive me and I I try to do better. So I guess, I mean, the thing that mothers can do is accept that forgiveness. But then also, should should she ask for help? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of times, moms and wives just kind of assume that he'll know to help when we and don't. how to, we do not. do. We do not know how to help when. We might notice, like, some big things. Like, if the house is truly trashed, like a hurricane, we might make it look less like a hurricane zone and more like a tornado zone. <laughs> We're good at taking things from, like, a huge mess and bringing it down to a smaller mess. You know, one of the things that you and I have fought about in the past is I'm really good at tidying things and making things look clean, but then when it comes to the deep cleaning and organizing, I really never do that. Oh, yeah. And that's something that's frustrated you. So rely on them for for that, but if you need them to do something specific, men are not... Just ask. Men are not mind readers. We will not know what, what needs to be done, and we won't know what plans you had... You have such amazing plans for what you want to do in the house and then kind of expect me to know what those plans are. And we're not going to. So just tell us what you want and be clear. Right. I feel like 
every couple probably goes through that. Yeah. Because most couples don't have a very strict division of labor like you clean this room, you clean this room. Maybe you people do. Actually, I'd like to know that. Ladies, tell me if you and your husband have specific jobs that you both do. That'd be really interesting. The to only find thing out. that we have that is really set in stone I is I take the trash out. You take the trash out. Yeah. And I asked like in the first week of our marriage. It was basically in our premarital counseling. Right. Like, prenuptial agreement. <laughs> you you take will out the take the trash out. I think I've taken out the trash like three times. Yeah. I usually just let it overflow for a while until till he notices. Passive aggressively. I think that's a Minnesotan thing. <laughs> is it? I'm told. Just living with trash over. No, 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 no. Okay. Being being passive aggressive. I'm told is a Minnesota yeah. woman. No, thing. I'm never passive aggressive. What are you talking about? No, okay. But anyway, it probably would serve as well to do more of a division of labor. But I also kind of think right now when we have little tiny kids. You can't always be like, oh, you always change that baby's diapers, and you always you always do the cooking when sometimes I need to go nurse the baby. Yeah. Well, I have a culinary degree, so I love cooking, so that's really mm. not a problem. But that was interesting. We were talking to your mom when we were, when Clarence was just born, when our oldest was just born, and we were having these sorts of fights. Like, no, we had talked about this. I go to work, and I do these things, and then you take care of things when I get home, and really doing that transition and we were looking at your parents, who do have a very strict separation of yeah. duties. And we were like, that's what we want. When we were in premarital counseling, we were talking about that's how we were going to yeah. do things. And now we're not doing that. What gives? Well, your mom said something to me. And she said, that will come. <laughs> she said, this, this is a, a phase in your life right now. It's a storm that you're going through. And when storms come to your ship, it's batting down the hatches, all hands on deck you got to do what you got to do to keep that ship from sinking. And that's how you and your husband should think about this period. It's it's not a permanent thing. Storms pass. Yeah. And you might need to do some things that you don't normally do, things that might make you uncomfortable, but you got to make sure that that ship doesn't sink. And I think that's actually a really good analogy. It's a really manly analogy, so I really liked it. It spoke <laughs> well to me. So maybe your husband likes manly analogies like that, but you might need to use like baseball or football or... Uh, maybe he likes music, so, you know, orchestra. Yeah. The There's trump- a disaster in the orchestra pit. Yeah. We have no timpani player right now, <laughs> so you trumpet players might need to be a timpani player for this piece. But that's another thing that your parents do, is they do have more of a equal division of labor. Like, And that they, works for them. Yeah, and that works really well for them. So we're kind of doing it a hybrid of both of our parents. Right. And who knows what it's going to be like in 10 years, years now. years, yeah. 10 or 50 years. (laughs) So another thing that you did a lot when I was pregnant with the other kiddos was go to appointments with me. I love doing that. (laughs) I I really do. Even if they're like the five minute ones where I go in and get weighed and get my blood pressure taken and then listen to the baby. Well, I like being, okay, I'm kind of a nerd. Like she said, I read those pregnancy books cover to cover. So I like knew what was going on. And I really enjoy learning exactly what was going on. And also, if I could make that heartbeat like a ringtone, that would be like the most amazing thing. Oh. I absolutely loved that. It was the best. It made me smile every time I heard it. So yeah. I, I mostly just went for that. The selfish reasons, really. It wasn't about you. <laughs> but it was nice to be able to go there and to be able to answer questions. Pregnancy brain is a really real thing. And mm. you often forgot the questions that you wanted to ask. So oh, you, yeah, would, you totally. would say, what did I want to ask him? And I'd be like, oh, that pain in your back. Oh, right, 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 right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they probably think that I don't think for myself at all. 
every time <laughs> the nurse when Anders was born certainly did not. <laughs> yeah, in the hospital <laughs> when I was in labor and I just was like talk to him. I'm having contractions, <laughs> but they wouldn't take that. You never answered their questions, so I was like, if you want the answers, I know them. Right. So here they are. Yeah, I think we should probably pause and do our lifesavers. I'd be okay with that. It's time for our lifesaver segment. In this segment, we'll share a couple things in our ordinary lives that have helped us through the day. This is the part of the show where we talk about what has been a lifesaver in our life for the past month. I'm just going to go ahead. Ladies first. I <laughs> Something that I really, really enjoy this time of year, which is Advent right now, mm-hmm. is Lutheran Public Radio. And if you don't know about this, I'm sorry for your life because... No, don't make them feel guilty. No. <laughs> you shouldn't feel guilty about not having listened to it before. But now that you know you've been enlightened, yes, LutheranPublicRadio.org. This is my Advent gift to you. Yes. Lutheran Public Radio. Is it .org? It's .org, yeah. And it's it'll have all sorts of amazing choral music and sacred music. Specifically for the season of Advent. Well, for the season of the church year, that all year round. Yeah, yes. right, right. So, I a lot of times when when I'm feeling like we need a little bit of grounding, I put on LPR. So there's a whole mixture of different songs on there. So if there's something that you don't necessarily like, just you, wait. Just wait, and like I'm not a huge fan of Earth and All Stars. <laughs> I was gonna say children's choirs. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> awful, but. Kezia hates children. I you hate can quote me on that. Can't, can't tell. Do you have a lifesaver? Yeah, I was actually really worried when you started talking about Advent that you were going to take my lifesaver. Oh, yeah? Because my favorite thing is the fact that Advent means you use fire with your devo- devotions. <laughs> and since we have three boys, fire is a very exciting thing. And so all day they're super crazy and I get home and they literally tackle me as I get in the door. And they're yelling all through dinner, and Kezi and I can barely talk. But when I say, hey, it's time for devotions, they're like, absolutely, it's time for devotions. Let me get the lighter. Let me get the charcoal for the incense. We're going to do this right. Yeah, so we're doing incense. We don't always do incense, but this year it's our special thing. The boys really like it so far. We, we started it at the Monday that Advent started. Yeah. Yeah. So the, And then they take turns snuffing out the candle. Yeah. Well, now they don't have to, because we like two. Awesome. Good lifesaver. <laughs> So another thing that that you really seem to appreciate for um, pregnancy and birth was having a doula. I really because you insisted on us having a doula for our third. Yeah. When I was like, well, we probably could do without. But yeah, why was a doula helpful for you? A doula was really helpful because they understand all the. Oh wait, let's say what a doula is. Oh yeah, a doula is kind of a coach, but kind of I don't know. She's. She or he, I guess I could be a male doula, but they're, they're supposed to be there with you to help you get the birth experience that you want. And so when things are kind of going crazy, they really can be helpful. At the hospital, the hospital doesn't know what your plans for birth are. And this whole talk about birth experience is kind of a new agey sounding thing, but there are certain things that you have to make decisions on. Do you want an epidural? Do you not want an epidural? Do you want your kid to have... Do you want an IV? Do you want an IV? Do you not want an IV? Kezia absolutely hates that because, I don't know, just did it make you feel restricted? Yeah. Or 
and it really it actually kind of slowed down. Well, and they had they had someone who didn't know how to do it try to put it in me, and I was like, that, no, that's not. Yeah, and that made you anxious, and that slowed things down. Yeah. So if you don't want that, the hospitals are trained on how to do things in a specific way, and not to say that they're not skilled or anything like that, but the hospital's job is to take over when things are kind of going wrong, and they're really prepared for those extreme situations. But a lot of times when things are going normal, like Kezia's labors usually go pretty darn well. Yeah. They're not quite used to just kind of letting things flow. And so there's a lot of emphasis on kind of moving things along and that sort of thing. When a natural birth like Kezia likes to do is more about doing it slow. And so having a doula there was really helpful because they could translate what the doctors were saying their needs were. Because the doctors were able to see things like, what's the blood sugar levels? Is that dangerous? Is the heartbeat okay or not and that sort of thing so they have some real concerns and the doula was able to come to us and sort of soften that because the doctors have this great way of making you kind of panic (laughs) the doula was able to soften that and translate it for us and then we were to say well here's our concern here's what we want to do and then she was able to translate it back into doctor speak because the nurses are used to couples coming in and being crazy right and not necessarily knowing what's going on and even if you are a dad who knows everything and you've been through this a million times, they're going to just kind of assume that you don't because this is their turf. Right. You know? Yeah. So having somebody who's there in an official capacity to advocate for you is really helpful. Right. And why did you specifically like having her there? Didn't she do a good job of helping you know what to do for me? Yeah. I noticed a couple times she was like, Aaron, get in there. and Yeah, well, that was really great. She was like, all right, what Kezia needs right now is for you to just, just put your hand here. And she would like grab my hands and like you know, yeah, and just move me to where Ke- she knew Kezia needed. Cause she's been yeah. through way more births than I have and she knows what women need and she knows the cues and that sort of thing. And, and that was really helpful. I actually, a lot of the specific things I didn't really have to think about. And like mm-hmm. I was saying that translating doctor, the hospitals will have you sign this form and that form. And I don't, while my wife is going through a contraction, I'm not in, I'm going to read this long legalese document. So I'll just like hand it to her and say, do I sign this or not? And she'll say, Yeah, sign that one, don't sign that one, that sort of thing. Right. And that was really helpful. Okay. One of the things that I know that you really like doing for me Mm -hmm. when I'm pregnant is fulfilling my cravings. It's the most fun. My food cravings. Especially when they're crazy. (laughs) You really don't have have crazy ones. No, I remember with my first baby eating like peanut butter. Buffalo wings. I ate peanut butter and red peppers together. Why do I not remember this? Maybe I didn't ever tell you. I was too ashamed. You can tell me these sorts of things. (laughs) You don't have to be embarrassed if you have a problem like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like buffalo wings. We didn't really, we made a lot of buffalo things. Like Yeah, so it was like buffalo macaroni and cheese. Or which, like speaking buff- of buffalo macaroni and cheese, that's something that I think is a con- tradition with me and Amanda now, giving each other buffalo mac and cheese yes. when the other person is going is near their due date. <laughs> yeah. Because she did that for me on my due date. And, and lemon cupcakes. Yep, lemon cupcakes, that's important. Yeah, and then a lot of burgers last pregnancy. Greasy cheeseburgers. Way too many. Yeah. I'm a little ashamed of that one. But at the same time, it was good times. Okay, I just want to... Did you enjoy them? I enjoyed them so much. Okay, are you alive today? I am, and that baby is doing well, too. That was going to be my next question. The baby's healthy, mama's healthy, and mentally she's healthy by looking back at how many delicious cheeseburger she had honestly i don't have much shame no 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 shame no shame whatsoever no it got me through and i know i know a lot of women who feel guilty about how badly they eat during pregnancy 
but it's the only thing they can keep down. Which is so weird. Isn't yeah. it weird that your body just decides... Well, and some of your favorite foods you can't keep down anymore. Right. Or some of the foods that you don't really like, which is kind of convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Although yesterday I ate a huge salad. And that was the only thing that I... Actually, nothing sounded good, and so I was like, well, I might as well eat something that's good for me if nothing sounds good. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, salads are delicious. There was one time, we were sitting on the couch, it was 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. I was probably middle of the third trimester, and I was like, huh, chocolate cake sounds good. And he, you could barely see him. There's a cloud of smoke because he went so fast to the door, grabbed his keys, and ran to the store. You'd be surprised how hard it is cake. to find a single piece of chocolate cake. Yeah, he had to get me a whole one. I think I got you a half one. They did have half cakes. That's weird. Yeah, they have half cakes, but not single pieces, which is weird. Like, that would... I don't know, that would make perfect sense. And it was good. It was everything I dreamed of. Yeah. So thanks for that one. You're welcome. Um, I'll send you the bill. <laughs> What's the number one thing not to say to your wife? And then we have to wrap it up here. During pregnancy. I mean, I was going to say, you look huge is probably not a great thing. But but like, sometimes I take that as a compliment. Yeah, that's why I, wasn't, that's why I hesitated to say that because... Probably most that. wives wouldn't like to hear that. No. But you usually say it with stars in your eyes. Yeah. So, hearts in your eyes. Hearts and stars. Yeah, hearts and stars. Oh, yeah. Okay, so going back to house cleaning and that sort of thing. Just don't tell her that the house is messy. Just just don't. Oh, she knows. She knows it's messy. You don't have to tell her. And it will just, you know, she's already going to be angry with you for cleaning it for her. So don't point out the <laughs> fact that you're going to clean it for her. Just do it. Poor husbands. I feel so bad for them. Well, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging my plight. <laughs> it's so hard to be pregnant when you're a husband. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> the absolute worst. Thanks for talking, Aaron. It was fun. Anytime. You know, we can talk off the microphone. Oh, we can? Okay. Yeah, that's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go do that next. I would love to hear what other husbands do during pregnancy to help and to kind of be part of the team. Of course, they're part of the team, but I think a lot of times it feels a little bit lonely to be the husband. Yeah. Before and after the baby's born. Well, it's the first time that you're not the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the mother does kind of call the plays. Yeah. And. But I'm so thankful for all husbands who are able to kind of step back and take care of their wife and kids. I'm very thankful for godly husbands. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to our episode. You can find us on Facebook, like us, leave us a review on there. That'd be nice. Reviews are good. And particularly a five-star review. Yeah, on Facebook and on iTunes. Yes, and on iTunes. That helps us so much. It'll help other people find the podcast, which is something that hopefully you want. Don't <laughs> keep really... this gift for yourself. It is infinitely shareable. <laughs> It doesn't cost you anything to share. Oh, hey, please tell us about Lutheran B&B, our sponsor. Not really. It's not really our sponsor. I mean, I pay you quite a bit of money to... <laughs> <laughs> Lutheran B&B is a website that I've created with a friend of mine from church. It's a website that helps connect Lutheran guests with Lutheran hosts when you travel. So, like, this summer, we went on summer vacation, 4,000 miles. We stayed at nine different Lutheran homes in eight different states. And, or maybe it's the other way around, eight different Lutheran homes in nine different states. I don't know. We stayed in a lot of Lutheran homes. 
And was that fun? It was amazing. How were the homes? Oh, they were great. And they were they were homey, plenty private. Usually that people had you know, like their basement or even some people just have one room for us and we squeezed in there and it was wonderful. Mostly the food. The food was probably Oh yeah, the, the food was good too. The food Although the that's company... not that is not a requirement no, for no, no, being no. on Lutheran B. No, you don't not. have to feed your guests. You can give them a futon. You can give them a sleeping bag on the floor. We are actually in our guest room right now. We have a sunroom that doesn't have any heat. We have a space heater with a mattress on the floor, and we've had, what, five, six guests in the last year? Yeah, something like that. And they have loved it. They've left us five-star reviews. Some of them even paid us, even though we said, please do not pay us. It was wonderful to have all of those guests. So don't feel like you you need to have an extravagant mother-in-law suite for your guests for Lutheran But if you do have an extravagant mother-in-law suite, or a beach house or something. Feel like you can put that on Lutheran B&B. And charge for, the, for yeah, it, too. Yeah, absolutely charge so. for that. And But also, if you don't have a place to share, then go on and be, become a guest on there. Absolutely. And and travel the world and meet other Lutherans. Right. We're all about connecting Lutherans. Yeah. Thank you. And if you have any comments or questions, the our email is www. That's your no, website address. Our, it's our, Pregnancy Brain. All right, just, just you do it, okay? If you have any comments, questions, or smart remarks, as our pastor likes to say, the email address is mostcertainlymotherhood at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Most Certainly Motherhood, iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcatcher. You can go to our website, www.mostcertainlymotherhood.com. You'll find the archive of shows from the past, as well as a Motherhood Takes Courage t-shirt that you can order from Amazon for only, I think, nineteen ninety-five. All right. Thank you all for listening, and we are looking forward to joining you next time. Bye. Bye. Except Aaron won't be there. I won't be here. All right. Bye.